So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily Jordan and I'm here, as always, with my sweetie husband, Andrew. Hey guys, I cannot believe that June is almost done. Yeah. It's it's almost Christmas, guys. It's That's basically that almost it Christmas. It is almost Christmas. <laughs> you all know how I feel about Christmas. But yeah. this year, I mean, honestly, I feel like since the pandemic started, though, time has just been so, like, wigwam smashed. It's been, wigwam smashed? That, that doesn't even make sense. Wigwam no, but like, I totally understand. It's been, like, cruising. And I think it really did start, like, pandemic. Yeah. Like, time has been flying. And by. part of it's probably, it's a little funky for us, personally, or especially because we graduated right before the pandemic started. Like, like graduated college and then moved out to Louisiana January-ish of 2020. Yeah. And then pandemic. And then we, we were in China, actually, when it all, like, when everything blew up. Yeah. Like, when we got on the plane to fly to China, it was calm. And they were like, oh, like, there's some, there's, like, this virus thing in China. And we're like, oh, it's, like, a thousand kilometers away from where we're going to be, so we're fine. And then... But Little did we know that it was going to, like, take over the whole world. Yeah, by the time we left, or like, we were leaving China, it was like, airports are shutting down. People cannot get out of the country. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but since then, it's just been kind of one big mash of time. Yeah, really. And so I think for us, it's a little bit of the not having the semester schedule. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, I have these things that are... Like, time-blocked, like kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's just kind of like a constant... Like constant oneness, but like then, a thread that never ends. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But then in 2020, if you remember, this is totally not what we were planning on recording about today. But it, in 2020, it was a lot of like one thing after the other, mm-hmm. and we kept saying, "Oh, I can't wait for 2021, so this can like calm down." <laughs> and it just like never stopped. Yeah, it wasn't like nothing was as like as crazy as 2020. I don't think. Although, what the heck, Russia uh, invaded Ukraine, so... No, yeah, it's been one thing after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. I, I mean, call me crazy, but I really do think it's just, like, a sign of the times and crisis. Yeah, I actually soon, read... So, things are getting crazier. So, I read something in... During my scripture study a couple of days ago. Actually, it probably lead in well into our topic. So... I can share this right now, or we can yeah, keep bantering. Yeah, just go for it. Go for it right now. So I've been thinking about all this crazy stuff, about signs of the times, and I, I heard a really good quote today uh, from a Catholic priest. He said, um, oh gosh, I'm going to misquote it, but it was something to the effect of, it's a uh, foolish and prideful generation who seeks after miracles, but it's a stupid generation that ignores them. Oi. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And, like, the the idea is, like, okay, like, you you can't be go chasing after after signs and whatnot because then you're going to, one, you're going to find signs everywhere. But also, like, the Lord has said he's going to, te- like, 
interact with us through signs. And so if you're not paying, if you're just rejecting all signs outright, mm-hmm. then you're missing a whole lot. Wow. He said stupid, I think, or something to that effect. Interesting. So I've been thinking about something recently, especially with um, Supreme Court decisions and all the kind of stuff that's been blowing up and a lot of the uh, hate that's been thrown at the church recently. And especially seeing members of the church, like stalwart members of the church, like falling away. I I looked up the elect, because I remember there was a verse about like deceiving the very elect, and I kind of wanted to get some more context in the verse. Mm-hmm. So that verse is found in Matthew 24. I believe there are other instances of this throughout the gospel, but one of them is found in Matthew 24. And it says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall shew great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And then it goes on to talk about some of the signs and whatnot. But I went a couple of verses back to kind of start reading to get context and kind of understand more like, okay, why, why are the elect being deceived? What's going on here? And I found something interesting. It says, starting in verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall shoot great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So the Lord says that he will shorten the days in the last days Hmm. to make it so that the very elect, so that the elect won't be deceived. Because I always said that some of the elect will be deceived, but if... He didn't shorten the days. There would be no flesh that could be saved. So Interesting. So wh- why do you as think for a stay-at-home mom of four, which I love, and I'm grateful that I'm in this situation, I feel like the days are still really long. <laughs> <laughs> and the years are short. Like, chunks of time are, like, short, but, like, days are long. Yeah. But I know that's not what you're getting at. No, but thank you for um, getting us off topic or onto your topic. <laughs> uh, but what, what do you think that verse is meaning? I think it's a really interesting verse. Like, what does he mean by shortening the days? Well, I don't. I mean, maybe it's literal. I don't know, but I'm thinking that like it's maybe this is just like a red flag that I'm not elected. <laughs> But, <laughs> like, if I were elect, maybe I would understand this. But maybe it's just, like, an extra sign that the elect would understand. And it, I don't know. Apparently, I'm not elect. That the elect would understand that what? That the days would be shorter. So, like, only the elect would be able to perceive that yeah. the days are shorter? Yeah. So, just for the elect, it's shorter. I don't know. I don't understand that verse, then, I guess. I, I'm just wondering what you're thinking. That's though. what I was thinking, so. so. But you're thinking that, like... I'm thinking that everybody would notice that the days would be shorter, if assuming this is a literal thing, and that the elect would be like, "This is a sign," and they're like, "Ah, and this it, is the days are now twenty three hours and thirty minutes long, yeah. instead of twenty three hours and yeah. fifty nine minutes long." Yeah, that's how I, that's how long a day actually is. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. It's it's like sh- just short of twenty four hours. That's why we have a leap year. Oh no. That's not right. <laughs> a year is 
a year is not quite 365. Like we don't go all the way around the earth in 365 days. Mm. And so then every four years you have to have an extra day. Right, to catch up. Gotcha. It's like 365 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyways. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I, I think it's the key is here. It doesn't say that the like individual days will be shortened. It says, and those days should be shortened. So it could be that you're having an experience where like it feels like time's going by faster, or it could be like the Lord's going to step in before the world like naturally collapses in on itself. I don't know. Um, but we'd love to hear your thoughts if yeah. you feel like you have something to add to that conversation. But the reason I thought it was interesting is basically how I'm taking this is that it's the Lord saying, I'm just not going to let these days continue to go on in- inevitably. Mm-hmm. Because if they were to keep going on uh, inevitably, there should be no flesh that were saved. Which says to me that the elect, even like members of the church or like followers of Christ who are trying their hardest to be devoted to Christ, it's going to be so hard for all of us to stay on the path and stay committed to Christ. It's going to be so hard for us not to get sucked up into the politics and into the culture and whatever it is. So that like we've seen it over the past few years that it's not just like left-wing politics or right-wing politics that are pulling people away from, from Christ or away from the church. Um, and when I say pulling away, I don't just mean like you're leaving the church, but I mean like you feel discord with the church. Like you feel like a lack of unity or you find yourself like backbiting or like you find yourself struggling with principles of the church. Mm-hmm. And you're not, it's not saying you're a bad person if you're in that point. Um, it just, I'm just saying that we, we're in a place culturally where our society is pulling us, like every segment of society is pulling us away from the Savior. And I, I think that's what it's saying. I think that the Lord's saying, hey, look, I recognize that this is going to be so hard that like, if I just left it to its own devices, like basically no one would make it because everyone yeah. would have, everyone has something that would pull them away. Yeah. Eventually. Well, it just, it reminds me of last week's Come Follow Me with David and like David and Goliath. Yeah. David. And Saul, uh-huh. Solomon, Saul, 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 David, and Solomon. Okay, yeah. well, that like okay, these were like these great kings, and like even ev- like they were selected by God basically to be the king. Yeah, and even they fell. Yeah, they like, were the elect. Like they were like Saul was like the goodliest of all the young men of of Israel, and he got put into a situation where he was corrupted by power. And the same thing happened to David, and the same thing happened to Solomon. And so even the elect can be deceived if they are left in situation, or if they're in situations that are um, corrupting. Mm-hmm. And we're in a world that, by every stretch of the definition, stretch of the imagination, is corrupting. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was not part of our scheduled topic for today but i I loved it and and i i I think it flows well it does flow well today we're actually going to be talking about sharing the gospel and why we share the gospel how we share the gospel what hang-ups or hiccups or hesitations we have about doing it Mm -hmm. um i first want to just say that andrew is the bomb diggity at sharing the the bomb diggity thank you (laughs) yeah it's 90s 
90s throwback there. Oh, is that from the 90s? I don't even it's know. It's either 90s or early 2000s. Well, you're the bomb diggity ward missionary. And, um, yeah. Thank you. You do a really great <laughs> Thank job you. at that. It really, though, he's so natural about talking about Christ and talking about the gospel and inviting people to come and listen and inviting people to church or inviting people to read the Book of Mormon. He just, like, everywhere he goes, he shares the gospel and he invites. Um, we have been talking a lot lately like in our family and in our congregation and with friends and within the church really too, they've put out a lot of content about this topic of love, share, and invite. And it's been on our thoughts, in our thoughts and on our heart for a, a while now. Right. So let's Something first to talk about, let's first dive into why we share the gospel. Well, why do you share the gospel? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you actually do it, so why do you do it? You do it as well. I do it in different ways, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we do we'll it in different ways. Um, I think that I am actually working on the first principle of loving, right? So the first principle, it's not a program or anything like that. It's just the first principle of love. Make sure we love our brothers and sisters like our, our Savior does. Make sure we love our Savior and our, our Father in Heaven, and we love the gospel, and we love ourselves and our families and whatnot. Uh, and I am trying really hard to make sure that I am sharing the gospel with others because I love them and not, I want to make sure I'm sharing the gospel with others because I love them and not just because I love my father in heaven. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I think I love my father in heaven and I feel like he's asked us to share the gospel. And so it's really easy for me to, share based out of like a sense of love and duty to him Mm -hmm. and not be as like caring and invested in the people that I'm sharing the gospel with. And I I wish I was like naturally better with this. And I think that the harder uh, or the more I've tried to focus on this lately, the better I've become. But the like, I found for a, like for a while I was just sharing the gospel really naturally and easily and and from like a almost like a I hate to say a sales perspective but I was thinking about it in those terms like okay I have to say, if I'm going to share this like let's be smooth about it and like friendly and not make it awkward and it it was all out of like love for heavenly father but I wasn't as loving towards the people that I was sharing I wasn't as focused on them mm-hmm does that make sense? Um, like I would interact with somebody and they'd be having a hard time and I thought, oh, this would be a good time to share something about the gospel with them because like, they might be receptive to it and like, it would make Heavenly Father happy if we could get this, if we could help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's true, but I, I've been trying to get to I, the way I'm thinking about it, like the next level where I'm thinking, oh, like, no, th- I love this person and I see that they're in like they're in pain or they're suffering or they're sad. And like this, the gospel will help them with that. Like it's actually going to bless their lives. It's not just like a, a thing of doing for Heavenly Father. Yeah. So you, you share the gospel. You are a great missionary to strangers often. So mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? Because when I think of love, like in the concept, concept of love, share, invite, or the context of love, share, invite, like, I, I almost feel like, okay, well, I have to love this person first. So, like, let's get to know them and love them, build this relationship, yada, yada. But, like, we don't have to wait for that to share the gospel. No. So, how do you get to no. the point where you can just, like, love someone 
and share the gospel with them like right away, like a stranger, you know? Yeah. Well, I think um, a lot of it comes for me personally, and this is just me, right? This isn't for everybody. Um, but for me, it just comes down to loving the gospel and having it be such a like a quintessential part of your life that when somebody asks like how like what or how's your day going and I'm like on my way to a church thing or a way to pick up the missionaries or we do a lesson like it just comes out naturally say oh I'm like headed over to a church like a church thing or I'm just getting back from the temple and it, it just leads to natural conversations and mm-hmm. so just like loving the gospel and making it just a part of my life and and being willing to have meaningful conversations with people mm-hmm. as opposed to like going through the same like not tropes but the like saying the same things that everyone always says mm-hmm. um, that's I don't know, I think that really helps me to have lots of good gospel based conversations. Like I've had lots of great gospel-based conversations with the checkout ladies at at gas stations. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have. Um, and I, it just comes from that, like just being willing to talk about it. And then as you talk about it, people that are interested will respond and they'll ask questions. Um, and people that aren't interested in it will be like, oh, okay. And eat yeah. some of that, mm-hmm. right? Do you have any hesitations about sharing the gospel? Because you're, to me, I'm observing you. Uh-huh. It seems so natural, and you seem um, so confident, and like like it's easy. I feel like I, I do much. Um, I feel apprehensive about sharing the gospel with like longtime friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's easier for me to share the gospel with like new relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Um, I definitely agree. I especially feel that way if I've like tried to share the gospel with people that I've been friends with for a long time, several times, and it just hasn't really gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like when you are trying to talk about a topic that's really interesting to you with like your friend group or your family, and you can just tell that none of them care. This is a <laughs> feeling that I feel frequently. <laughs> Um, oh gosh! I'm just because I, I mean, like I, I like, like, very political or philosophical things, and there's not a lot of people who are interested in having those discussions. Uh, and so, like, people are people that are nice will just kind of think it will just say, "Oh yeah, okay, that's nice or cool." Or they'll engage a little <laughs> bit, um, oh. or they'll try not to fall asleep at night when this you're. This is me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've literally fallen asleep on him so many times. Yeah. Like he's, I ask a question because I'm like, yeah, I'm engaged, I'm interested, and then he answers, and then he's like, Emily, and I was gone a long time ago. <laughs> he didn't even wait yeah. for the answer. <laughs> so I think that's my apprehension I'm is sorry. like with like a long, no, your friend, like uh, is with longtime friends, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't want to. I feel like I'm annoying them just because it, it's really natural for me. Just like always invite people to come to church and always invite people to like learn about the gospel or like mm-hmm. read the Book of Mormon or like. Pray to Jesus, like, no, I guess not pray to Jesus, but pray to Heavenly Father. Uh, and it's, or it's like turn to Him when they're having a hard time. Like, it's really easy for me to have those conversations. But I, I worry that I'm like annoying people too much. And I worry that I come off as like salesy uh, just because it's like, it's very, um, like, as a missionary, you focus a lot on like presentation, mm-hmm. right? So even though it's the Lord and the Spirit that are really, in the end, the teachers, um, 
you want to not get in the way as much or you want to get in the way as little as possible. Yeah. And so you kind of like hone your teaching skills and your finding skills and, and you try and be really smooth to add as little friction as possible to the process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've, I really enjoyed that process and it may, it sometimes makes me feel like a salesman. And so I, I, I'm apprehensive about not coming off as a, a salesperson. So those are my two big apprehensions. What are yours? Okay. So mine definitely, I think this is a really, really common one is just the fear of rejection and like what that means for the future of the relationship. Um, I don't have, I, I get a little bit nervous, like talking to a stranger or like someone I barely know. Um, it's easier to me than like talking to someone that I know really well or like that, like we have this friendship or potential friendship or like a neighbor who like, oh, like we're going to be living next to each other. Like we have this potential neighbor relationship or friendship, um, that like if, if you reject it, like, is this going to be awkward? Like we live next door or like, is this going to be weird? Um, so that's definitely my biggest my fear biggest uh, hesitation, yeah, fear of rejection. And I also, um, yes, we have a podcast, so we talk a lot, but I still don't feel very confident in my word choice or how I slew things together. Um, so, yeah, I worry about, like, what to say and how to say it best because sometimes when I get, like, anxious or, or excited about a topic, I kind of, like, word vomit and, like, I say like an um a lot and I just kind of like spit all of these ideas out that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, I think that definitely, and we're going, I guess we're going right into this, but how we can overcome these hesitations, um, is role play. Role play. I know would help me with that. Yeah. Even though I hate role plays. Yeah. I hate them. No, it, it's totally true. And it's it's interesting because you need to simultaneously give no thought beforehand what you're going to say, but wait for the Spirit to come and then to say what the Spirit tells you. But then also, uh, as Paul said, always have a reason prepared to answer what the... what How does he say it? Like, what the purpose of your hope is or what the yeah. reason behind your hope is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think something I do for that specifically is I, when I come into contact with ideas, I'm like, okay, this was like kind of a challenging idea, or this is like a, a, a challenge I've heard towards the gospel or towards the church specifically, or towards God in general, um, or an argument against that. Uh, how would I respond if I heard this? And so I, in my head, I'll practice several times. Like, what does this sound like? How do I say this in a coherent manner? And, Cause it's, it's not, I don't say it's terrifying, but it's really uncomfortable to be in a situation where you get asked a question. That's like a hard question and you're not like prepared. Or you haven't really thought about it. Um, yep. And so having like taking the time to kind of think through those things proactively makes it so when the Lord does tell you, Hey, here's an answer. You cannot. You, you can add as little drag as possible. Mm-hmm. I think sharing the gospel really is uh, just allowing the Lord to use you as a conduit, right, and right. Him to testify to people through you. 
And your role is to just provide as little drag as possible on the spirit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us get a little bit hung up on this invitation and commandment to share the gospel and be a missionary. Like, and when I say be a missionary, I don't mean like go and serve a mission because like, I mean, you can, but you don't have to. But like... I just mean, like, share the gospel, preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, but what was I getting at? Oh, a lot of us have this hang-up about it because uh, we think that it means, like, sit your friend down and talk to them about the... Teach them the gospel and invite, the mis- invite them to meet with the missionaries right. and invite well, them to be baptized. Or and I think, if you have been a missionary, you have, like... You sit them, sit down your friends, right? Okay, now I teach them the restoration. And the first point is, Heavenly Father loves us. And yeah. the gospel blesses families and children mm-hmm. or and individuals. And like you want to go through the points of right. the lesson. Yeah, but I think that the more that I spend time thinking about this and praying about this, the more I'm realizing that there are a lot more there are a lot more ways to do it than I have thought. And I think that we we have all these ideas, like for example, um, participating in church meetings, like raising your hand and making a comment, um, sharing your testimony during sacrament meeting. I think even like fulfilling your calling or like, um, what was that called? Magnifying your calling. What I think things that are even smaller than that count as sharing the gospel. So president Nelson said that anything you do to help somebody on either side of the veil, come closer to the savior is gathering israel or ak is 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 sharing the gospel and so if you are talking to a friend who's not a member of the church or who is a member of the church and you share a gospel principle Mm -hmm. right so you share the gospel principle that um i don't even know i can't even think of like an example off the top of my head but like let's just say you share the principle that the like marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God, right? So you share that principle, and it's a principle of God. Um, like that is sharing the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or even if you don't say that, like say it's an overtly religious thing, which you say you you say by your words and your actions and your example that um, having integrity is really important, and like you should be honest and. By your example and by your your words, you help other people be more honest, and you serve as, you serve as an example of honesty. Then that is sharing the gospel, and mm-hmm. so sharing gospel principles, even if they're not overtly declared to be gospel principles, is a, a way of gathering Israel. Is a way of sharing the gospel. Right, and. We can share with anybody. Sharing the gospel isn't just like it only counts if they're not a member of the church or right. if they don't, if they're not Christian or something. It's to everyone, to your family, to your children, to your yourself, yourself your spouse, um, people on social media. It's it's to everyone, to the members of your own congregation that mm-hmm. are there every Sunday or like that maybe who aren't struggling. It's sharing is sharing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love about this idea of sharing, and it's there was a talk given last conference that has completely changed the way that I look at this idea of sharing the gospel. Um, 
I felt that for a long time that as a follower of Christ, I had the responsibility of defending the church and defending the doctrine of Christ. And I had to like go out and kind of actively campaign and engage in this like intellectual debate that's happening in the world and, 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 and be a voice that's actively fighting for the church. And that, in my mind meant that sometimes I would have to be confrontational and like I, I, I like really bugged me when I saw members of the church who were uh, spouting ideas that were antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ that were tearing they were tearing down the church or they were tearing down the family or they were tearing down um, church like the the prophets and the church history and so as they were, actively working against the church, it was really difficult for me to not think that I had to like go and defend the church publicly and basically debate them. <clears throat> or even like go and actively like share my testimony with them or anything like that. And then Elder Stevenson in this last conference said that the Lord needs us to be his sharers, not his sheriff. Right, so the Lord doesn't need us to be a sheriff. The Lord doesn't need us to be actively policing the beliefs of our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. inside and outside the church. Right, there are sometimes where certain beliefs and acting on certain beliefs will require disciplinary action or require like a membership council. Uh, which, if you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a membership council is where like if you are. If you are apostate, or if you are, if you've done certain things, you committed certain sins, like um, had an affair, or you've abused uh, your church leadership position, or you've done certain things, you can have your membership either revoked, or you could be, you could have other disciplinary actions taken against you to encourage you and help you to repent. So, like, there are some people who are responsible for, like, for, for those kinds of things. But for the most of us, like, the vast majority of us, I don't need to be focused on correcting the opinions of others. And I don't need to get too caught up in what other people are saying, especially other members of the church. Like, it's really easy for both of us. We've talked about this before. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard for us to not get so caught up in it and then just sit and wallow and complain and be angry. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think I have a less hard time being a sheriff, like, to people, if that makes sense. But I, my struggle is to be a sheriff about people in my heart. Yeah. And in my head. Yeah, what does that mean? Because, well, I mean, for me, I am, like, anti-confrontation. Like, I'm not going to, I will never DM someone on Instagram if they share something that's, like, apostate. Like, never going to do it. But I might think about like oh, it'd be nice like, if somebody else did that, or like yeah, or like well, they're wrong because of this. Is like totally like maybe judging them or like being negative about them in my head and heart when that's also not okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like their choices are their choices, and that's between them and God, and it's not my business at all to step in yeah and it is it's hard because i do want other people who are like on the fence or who feel like they're alone 
um, to understand that those voices aren't the only voices out there. Yes. yes. And that's a big reason why like we may like post a story or a, a post about something that's like controversial or, um, you know, yeah, like with Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah, last I'm not week. like I don't. Holly freaking Luya, by the way. Just in case you're wondering, <laughs> we're very excited um, about it. So, I don't ever make those kinds of posts to try to convince anybody. My purpose is to help those that feel the same way I do not feel so alone. Because when I look at my feed, sometimes all I see is negativity, and it drives me insane, and I feel lonely. So I don't want other people to feel other people that I know that there are out there that are like me that may feel lonely i don't want them to feel lonely i yeah. want them to see that oh there is more than one side to this there's more than one view yeah and they don't have to feel so lonely yeah and my issue is i enjoy the sheriffing i enjoy the confrontation and like, the debate and like <laughs> Ringy. saying like like oh no you're like if you believe in scripture, like this is obviously an incorrect stance, right? And I, I, I enjoy it, and it's something that I'm actively working on to not engage in it, even though like I naturally enjoy it. I almost have to sheriff Andrew. Yes, she I'm does. Like, don't do you it. Can don't, me, don't post that. Don't <laughs> say that. Why are you messaging him? Stop that. <laughs> yes, she does. Sorry. She does a good I'm job. No, you're good, and, and I need to. I need to be doing a better job of this myself. But I, I just, I love this idea that I'm not responsible for this like i don't have to like the lord can convince people of his own accord like the lord's doing his own work i just need to share share the gospel and anybody who wants to partake of the gospel and enjoy the full blessings of the gospel are more than welcome to it that was another great thing that came from this past conference president oaks in one of his talks said <clears throat> that the church is basically here to teach celestial principles right it's like we're here to teach the principles of like the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. Uh, it's like the the best possible outcome. But there are lots of other ways, you know, to to live your life. There are the many mansions in the kingdom of our Father, and they have different results, and they're going to lead to different levels of happiness in this life. But our job's not to like force people to accept the highest glory that our Father has for them. Mm-hmm. Our job is just to share, and if they decide to not live that life and not to ex- fully accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's okay. Like that is their choice, and it's like we can be sad, but we don't have to be like overly sad. Like they have decided to do something else, and they're going to be they're still going to be happy in the long run. They just won't have all the blessings, and it's going to be a little more rough for them in this life. And their their choice to decline or to not accept hearing more about the gospel or to not take you up on your invitation is in no way a failure on your part. Right. And I think I feel that way a lot. If they um, respond negatively or awkward about it or not um, not interested or even like, I mean, this is kind of applies, but like even if I offer to help someone with something or like, hey, can I bring you dinner? Hey, can I um, is there something that you would like me to do for you this week? I'd love to help out. Like them saying no, thank you, or like rejecting the gospel, like is not a failure on my part. Right. Like I still shared, or I still loved, and I shared, and I invited, and that's what we're asked to do. We're asked right. to love and to share and invite. Right. And especially for this whole like choosing which li- like degree of light you're going to follow. If somebody chooses a lesser light, 
right? So a, a way that is not a bad way of life, isn't like a inherently terrible way of living life, but is just not the fullness of the glory of Christ. Um, like that's, we don't need to judge them. Like we don't need to look down on them. Like we can understand, we can judge their actions in, in as much as we say these, these actions are not the actions that will lead me to like a celestial glory. It's not the celestial way of doing things, but like, that's okay. Like they can do their thing and I don't think any less of them because of it. Right. Right. And that's, I'm saying these things as if I do all of them well. We're learning. Yeah, We're it's, it's something learning. I'm actively learning. I'm actively working yeah. on. Learning through failure and experience. So Yeah. Um, before we wrap up with loves and less than loves, okay. I think it would be kind of nice to kind of sum up a few ways, a lot of ways we can kind of rattle back and forth, ways that we can share. Okay. You go first. Simplest way, when people ask you, Things like, what did you do this weekend? Just tell them the truth. If you are actively engaged in living the gospel, you're going to be doing things like going to church on Sundays and going to young men's and young women's activities. Or uh, Emily and I wake up early in the mornings before the kids wake up specifically so we can have good scripture study. And so when people ask me why I get up so early in the morning, I can say, because my wife and I want to have dedicated time to do scripture study. And like, just be honest about your natural, the things you're naturally doing, and it will easily lead to gospel conversations. Yeah, I think a lot of the time, at least for me, I get like squeamish, squeamish, squirmish. Squeamish. Um, it's like, it's almost like I'm trying to hide it or something. Like, why hide it? Just like own it, you know? Yeah. Well, we think that life has to be secular for some reason, yeah, but, but it doesn't, it's not. right? Yeah. Like the, the state has to be secular. But individuals don't have to be secular. Like, individuals can be religious. Like, if yeah. you had a, like, if you had a religious friend who wanted to talk to you about their scripture study, like, you'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to feel, like, shy or embarrassed about it. Right. Just, just do it. Just own it. Yeah. So, same thing. I think just, yeah. just talk about the nat- the good and normal things that you're already doing openly. Okay. Yeah. I mentioned... Um, like participation in church. So that's like two members of your ward already or your congregation already. That's like participating in lessons and activities. That's like making comments or sharing your testimony in a class or in like a sacrament meeting, like a testimony meeting. Um, accepting invitations to speak in church. Accepting invitations to serve in a calling and to magnify that calling and um i can't think of anything else regarding like being at church Uh, another big one that we are working on in our ward is actively praying for opportunities to love share and invite Mm -hmm. so as you are actively praying and i would also suggest making specific goals because this is something that we've been commanded to do and so it shouldn't be something that's passive it should be something that's active and so as we pray and make specific goals to share the gospel um, the lord's going to inspire us give us revelation so we can know what goals he would have us make so we're not just like blindly making them because everyone's going to be different right so like for emily uh, the speaking to random people in public about the gospel isn't as like natural of a thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, it's a very, very normal part of my discourse, 
but that a lot of that's based off of like our personalities. It's not that I'm more righteous than she is. <laughs> um, it's it's just like our personalities lend themselves towards different things. Right. And so the the goals that the father is going to have you make are going to be different. Like you're not going to have the same set of goals as anybody else that you know. Mm-hmm. And actively engage the Lord and pray, but don't just pray kind of like into the ether or like say, oh, help me share the gospel more. Like I would say, I would take some time and, and offer a specific prayer and ask for help identifying a specific goal and then make the goal and then pray about it frequently and, and try and live close to the spirit and the Lord will give you opportunities to, to meet that goal. I 100% believe that the Lord gives extra help uh, to meet inspired goals. Yeah, I agree. Um, something that makes it a little bit easier for me to share is sharing online on social media. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I think it's easier because you don't see people's reactions um, or like, yeah, you don't see their reactions, I guess. Um, that just kind of gives me some more confidence to to really own it and to be excited about it. And I, I, yeah, I feel really like silly and then admitting that because like I should be sharing the gospel to people's faces also, but it is a little bit easier, a lot of it easier to do it over social media and that could, well, well, we don't need to get so got up and like what's hard for us or where we think we should be. Oh yeah, you're right. Just think of what Elder Uchtdorf said, like just lift where you stand, right? Yeah, you're right. Instead of like worrying about, hey, where where's the best place for me to be, or what type of person should I be, like just stop worrying about that, and just wherever you're at now, just lift from right there. No, you're right. Right. Yeah. So, and, and some, you can set goals to grow and whatnot. And that's not saying you should be stagnant, but just lift. Yeah, you're right. So some ways you could do that on social media would be to share in a story and a post. You could, if you find a post that's very inspiring. Or you could send it to a friend, like share it with a friend. You could, um, you could take a picture of where you're studying your scriptures and highlight highlight a verse and put it in your stories. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. This isn't social media, but you could text a friend a scripture verse, or even just checking up on someone that you're like thinking of if if. A name comes to your mind, follow that prompting and just check up on a friend. I think that's not like sharing directly, but that's reminding the friend or the person that has come to your mind that they're loved and that. Yeah. I think basically just live the gospel. And, and I also think while you're living the gospel, be aware that you're gathering Israel, right? Because it makes it easier to be more intentional about it. Like when you're checking out, checking up on a friend or you're spending extra time on a phone call early in the morning to help a friend out um, like all of those things are it's gathering israel mm-hmm. right? i love that yeah okay well we gave them a lot of ideas and hopefully you guys are able to think about this more what's going to be the best way many ways hopefully for you to share the gospel and to see the blessings from it i'm excited for you guys to do it because i know that when i share the gospel and I am loving and sharing and inviting. I have a greater greater capacity to feel the spirit and I feel more confident and in love with what I believe. Yeah. And I, I'm really blessed right now because I, I get to serve 
as a, a ward mission leader, which basically means I, I help the missionaries and I help our ward members, our congregation members, uh, share the gospel in their own personal lives. And I help, get to help teach their friends that are interested in learning more about the church. And I, it's just such a fun thing. I think there, are, um, there's something really special about being on like the forefront like on like the tip of the spear, as it were, like in the the battleground in the trenches, and the places where I have felt the most connected to the spirit are the places where I am bearing testimony to somebody who's learning about the gospel for the first time, or who is repenting after having learned about the gospel, or is making a big change in their life, and frequently when you are helping missionaries and you're able to preach the gospel to people who are hearing about the gospel for the first time, um, you get to hit all three of those points. And it's it's such a cool thing. It, it, it's very invigorating for your testimony. And so if you're feeling like your testimony is, is struggling, I would highly recommend starting to share your testimony more, starting to share the gospel. Because that's when you're really going to feel that fire of the covenant is when you are when you are sharing your light, if you try and keep it bottled up uh, because you feel like it's too weak, it's not going to get stronger. Maybe. So if you're struggling, share the gospel. It's awesome. I love it. I'm super grateful I have an opportunity to, to do that every day. Yeah. And we get to do this every week with yeah. the podcast. So, hun, yeah, you've been moving us on in a good clip. Good. I can tell you what to get to your love and less than love. What is, what is your love? Okay, so my love is a love and a less than love. And it is the grocery store comments about having four kids. <laughs> um, every single time we go in public, I can easily count at least on one hand um, the number of times I hear, Oh, you have your hands full. Are those all your kids? And talk Dahlia. Um, and so on and so on various comments and I used to hate it I used to be like irritated at it and um it would definitely have been my less than love but I think at this point I actually like look forward to going out and I look just forward. see what kind of comments you can elicit exactly I love getting people's reactions now even if they're negative I just can I can laugh it off and they make for good stories and um I thoroughly enjoy it so that's my love. All right. Mm-hmm. Mine is also a mix. It's love and less love. Mm-hmm. Um, none of my suits fit. I have one suit that fits me now, and I had like four. He's packing on the pounds, guys. I am. I am. Eating I'm... too much cake. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I've um, been intentionally hitting the gym pretty hard and trying to gain some weight, and it's working, but it also means that I frequently rip my pants. Um, no, I, last week it was the first time I ripped my pants. I, I had my hands in my pockets and I bent over cause I laughed and I split the seams right down the side of my pants. <laughs> so none of my pants or none of my suits fit, um, which is satisfying, but expensive. Yeah. So, uh, once we get past this, this has been a really expensive month. We had oh, like gosh. all of our appliances go out. And yeah. so, uh, once we get past this month, I might go buy a suit. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at. All right, guys, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please like it, share it, love Subscribe, it. Subscribe, leave all the a things, rating and review. Uh, and probably most importantly, share it with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, please like, 
if you, like I said, if you're enjoying this, that's a really great way to help us feel, to support the podcast. And And it's a great way to share the gospel, to share the podcast. There you go. Although I wouldn't necessarily equate our podcast with the gospel. Well, share the podcast and you can mention that like, hey, these guys talk about the gospel. So it'd be a, it can be, be a conversation like a starter. Conversation starter. I do not want people to think that we are... No, we are not the gospel. <laughs> yes. Let's be okay. clear on that. All right. Okay. We love you guys. Bye. Keep the faith.